Hello, friends, and welcome to Into the Word, a radio and online program committed to reading, loving, and living the whole counsel of God. Lord willing, our intention is to go verse by verse and chapter by chapter through the entire Bible. Here to continue that journey is our Bible teacher at Into the Word, Pastor Paul Carter. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Hope you have your Bible open in front of you today to Acts chapter 12. Chapter 11 ended with the story of relief being sent from Antioch down to Jerusalem by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. F.F. Bruce, in his book, Paul, Apostle of the Heart Set Free, dates this visit as occurring around the year AD 46. Now, some scholars dispute that, but it does seem to roughly correspond to the opening words of Acts 12. Luke says that about that time... Herod laid violent hands on some belonging to the church. History suggests that Herod died in A.D. 44, and we know that event followed hard upon his decision to have James killed because those events became linked in the popular thinking of Christians and many Jews at the time. Luke seems to be shifting his focus to events in Jerusalem and catching us up on some things that were happening there about that time. Hear now the word of the Lord, beginning at verse 1. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. Now, it can be very hard to keep all these Herods in the Bible straight. There are a number of them. This one is Herod Agrippa I, a grandson of Herod the Great. He worked hard to maintain a good standing among the Jews, particularly the Pharisees, and therefore it comes as no surprise that he would attempt to curry favor by arresting and executing leaders of the early church. Verse 4 says, And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Now, I imagine that you could write a pretty useful book on prayer from just that one single verse. You could point out, first of all, that the prayer was earnest. The Greek word there means intently, fervently, or constantly, and probably all of those are intended here. You could point out, secondly, that the prayer being offered was specific. It was for him, for Peter. It was, thirdly, to God. Prayer generally should be made to God the Father through Jesus Christ with the help of the Holy Spirit. Finally, you could point out that this prayer was prayer by the church. It was corporate prayer. And that, I think, would be a useful model. Prayer should be made in earnest with specificity to God by the gathered church. That works as a model. But it does not necessarily guarantee results. James was executed. Peter was released. And I don't think we're to assume from that that the church didn't pray for James. I'm sure they did. But prayer doesn't guarantee results. Even good prayer, properly offered, does not guarantee results. Prayer is not the means by which 
we twist God's arm. Sometimes we have not because we ask not, but sometimes we have not because God wills not. And we need to be careful to see both of those truths in Holy Scripture. James was not released, but Peter was. And verse 6 tells that story. Now, when Herod was about to bring him out, on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord. And they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. Let's just pause here to explain that this is the same John Mark associated with the gospel of Mark. Apparently, his mother was very wealthy, which would explain his excellent education and his qualification to serve as Peter's translator and scribe. Let's notice also that the church is still praying. This was obviously a multi-night, all-night prayer meeting. Fervent prayer is constant prayer. Verse 13, and when he knocked at the door at the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice, in her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, you're out of your mind, but she kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, it is his angel. Now, many Jews believed in guardian angels, and some appeared to have believed that the angel would even look like the person that they were guarding, and that seems to stand behind the rather comical confusion that Luke is narrating here. Verse 16. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. Now, The James in this case obviously refers to the brother of Jesus, not the James brother of John who was just executed earlier in the story. James, the brother of Jesus, became a leader in the early church. We are told by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 7, that the resurrected Jesus appeared personally and bodily to James, at which point we assume that he was converted. Shortly thereafter, he appears to have taken on a leadership role in the church in Jerusalem. He seems to function as a sort of chairman of the board at the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15, and he is well attested in extra-biblical sources as a leader of the early Christian community. 
That is the James that Peter wants updated with respect to his miraculous release. Verse 18. Now when day came, there was no little disturbance among the soldiers over what had become of Peter. And after Herod searched for him and did not find him, he examined the sentries and ordered that they should be put to death. Then he went down from Judea to Caesarea and spent time there. Now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. They came to him with one accord, and having persuaded Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they asked for peace, because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne, and delivered an oration to them. And the people were shouting, The voice of a god, and not of a man! Immediately, an angel of the Lord struck him down, because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. Josephus, the Jewish-Roman historian, records a very similar version of this story and also attributes the death of Herod to the fact of his unusual hubris in allowing himself to be spoken of as if he were a god. Josephus says that he was immediately struck with some sort of painful intestinal disease and died terribly shortly thereafter. Verse 24 says, But the word of God increased and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. Verse 25 perhaps supplies the logical reason for the arrangement of these stories in Luke's mind. Chapter 12 as a whole is a sort of summary chapter wherein he tells us some of what has been going on in Jerusalem during the same time that he has been focused on events up in and around Antioch. During the time when the church was growing in Antioch and the Gentiles were coming in and the missionaries were starting to go out, stuff was happening down here in Jerusalem as well. Herod was acting up and arresting key leaders, but the church was praying and God was working to preserve his people and to defend them from their enemies. And after all of that, Barnabas and Saul came down to Jerusalem with a relief package from Antioch. And when they went back, they took with them John Mark, a young man who will feature prominently in the story of their future travels. And all the while, in both locations, the word of God was increasing and multiplying. Thanks be to God. And thank you for listening to another episode of Into the Word. If you've appreciated the Into the Word ministry, I'd like to personally invite you to pay it forward by supporting one of our preferred mission partners. For the remainder of this year, we are highlighting the church planting ministry Mile One in St. John's, Newfoundland. Newfoundland is classified as an unreached population, with less than 2% of people identifying as evangelicals. Mile One Ministries is committed to helping healthy churches plant other Bible-believing, gospel-preaching churches. Here at End of the Word, I only promote ministries that I have firsthand on-the-ground experience with. Mile One is bearing fruit and is being led and stewarded by people that I know and trust. If you'd like to make a contribution to this important ministry, you can do that by visiting the Into the Word website at intotheword.ca. 
There are giving options there under the Give tab for both Canadian and American listeners. International listeners are welcome to give as well, though their gifts may not qualify for charitable receipts in their nation. Thank you for considering this method of showing your support for the End of the Word program. And may God alone be glorified. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. 